0: Vanessa Murphy, the podcast that discusses all things to do with confidence at work. This is a podcast for women who want to know more about where their confidence supports them and where it can let them down in their careers. I'm your host, Vanessa Murphy, confidence coach, HR expert and podcaster. Every fortnight, this podcast will introduce you to women who have interesting stories to tell around confidence. Through their stories, you will realise that even women who appear to have it all have had confidence wobbles. But by listening to them, you will take away what they do to remain top of the confidence game. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Women in Confidence. I'm Vanessa. I can't quite believe I'm saying welcome to episode 15 because I only started this podcast in October 2021 and already I am talking about episode 15, but also seasons three and even season four with me talking to some potential guests. I want to say thank you as well to any listeners who have given me some feedback on the podcast. Your feedback is just so important to me and I've had people feedback via email LinkedIn. I'm also on TikTok now, so if you want to check me out on TikTok under Women in Confidence, you can give me some feedback there as well. So, onto this show, my guest this week is pretty much halfway around the world from where I am, and it is Latif who is a clarity and soul alignment coach. Latifa helps empaths and highly sensitive soulpreneurs who feel stuck or behind in business. She helps them get clarity heal their anxiety and overwhelm, and get seen, heard, and paid again and again. She's also a psychic, and unlike other coaches who stick to a rigid one-size-fits-all coaching framework, she uses her psychic and channeling abilities to create tailor-made, personalized actions to help people work through and clear what's blocking them from unlocking their true potential. Latifa, thank you for joining me today on Women in Confidence. How are you? Thank you so much, Vanessa. I'm so excited to join. Thanks for having me. No worries. And could you tell everybody who's listening where you are in the world? Because I really like to express to the audience the global nature of this podcast. And it isn't just about women in one particular country. So where are you at the moment? Yes.
1: I'm in Europe, uh, Belgium, Antwerp, to be exact. So yeah, there's a, a big time difference. And I think your listeners should definitely know what a legend you are, because you're actually recording this at 7 a.m. with a sore throat.
0: So kudos to you. (laughs) Yeah, So I was talking to Latifah earlier and saying she's going to have to do all the talking because I've got a really sore throat. So (laughs) it's probably not the best voice for a podcast. Right. So let's get cracking. So I always start the podcast asking my guests the following. So Mm -hmm. Latifah, answer this or tell me what you think. What is confidence to you? That's a great question. So confidence to me
1: is just being so authentically yourself that you're not afraid to speak out and show yourself the way you are in how you show up in your business, how you show up in your relationships, not being afraid to people please or worried about how you come across or that to me is true confidence pure authenticity, authenticity, I should say, and just integrity with how you, how you communicate, but mostly how you view yourself and how you are in your relationships to the world, really. Mm -hmm. That's why confidence for me, I just love this question because confidence for me, there can be the most quirky, crazy people you'll see, like, I wouldn't call her crazy, but Lady Gaga, an example that comes to mind. I absolutely love and adore her because, well, we've talked. I can swear a little bit, right? Yeah, true. She couldn't give a shit what people think. She is who she is. And I love those kind of people. I'm absolutely not that. I am an introvert. I am a homebody. I like to stay at home with my tea and all of that. But when you hear me, you would know because I am authentic authentically myself. But when I see people like Gaga, people like, I mean, now I'm i am just, you know, picking like the huge samples, like Beyonce and everything. They are so authentically themselves. That's pure confidence for me. Pure confidence, not giving a shit and showing up as your true self. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Here's to not giving a shit about what other people think. And I think you're right. It does really, go towards being a confident individual if you're truly confident in yourself. Mm. So how do you, on a scale of one to 10, how confident do you feel just generally? You ask such interesting questions.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny just because I would say it depends on which way you're going to look at it and what context. So in terms of how I show up in my business, that took a few years. And I would say I'm confident on a scale from one to 10, like an eight, how I show up on my social media and all my, all my, um, yeah, well, just in general, how I present myself. I would definitely say an eight. And that took years to get to there. But when I'm like, um, I'll tell you another thing. Like, I'm really confident if you ask me like, a 10 when it comes to driving. Like people call me like, you drive like a dude. I don't want to be misogynistic at all, but I really am super confident when it comes to driving. But so in terms of how confident are you, it really depends on the context. Because when it comes to my baby, I have a three-year-old. I think every mother will relate. Like sometimes you're so insecure. And I'm like, oh my God, am I doing this right? Like, You have all these preconceived ideas of how you're going to be a mom and how you're going to do all of that. And then sometimes my confidence really plummets when it comes to that. And and especially when you come from a big family like I have, seven siblings, uh, immigrant family. We all know better how to raise kids. Like, hello, immigrants. We are very much in each other's business. It doesn't help your confidence (laughs) because you think you're raising your child in a certain way. And then in comes the mom and in comes the aunties and in comes, you're like, oh my God, okay, I heard you. And then once you get home, you're like, oh my God.
0: (laughs) So it really depends on the context. You talked about being confident in your business. What just tell everybody what is that you do? Yes. So I'm a clarity
1: and soul alignment coach and I have psychic and channeling abilities. And what I do is I am empower empaths and highly sensitives, uh, specifically soulpreneurs with those traits to really empower them to get seen, heard, and paid by overcoming their anxiety, by overcoming limiting beliefs, and uncovering and unlocking their true purpose. So it's seeing them on several levels. So in comes my psychic abilities, comes in so handy sometimes, <laughs> most of the times. But I combine it with very down-to-earth advice, business advice, um, down-to-earth, roadmaps. Like I can get very woo, but I'm actually super left brain, super analytical. So I combine the two in how I work with my clients and they get the best of both, I feel.
0: And you yeah. talk about being a psychic when did you learn you had this capability or this power yes. well that's the whole story in itself <laughs> well go for <laughs> it because it's going to be interesting I know because we've met
1: yes that's true oh gosh where do I start so as a young child I had a big imagination and I always thought like I just had huge fantasy right but I noticed that people would come up to me, even when I was younger, and they would tell their whole life story to me while I was waiting for the bus or waiting for the train. And back in the day, we mentioned this before, I used to have a Walkman or I was fancy. I used to have a Discman. Hey. And uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was very clear to people like I'm not available. Like I'm listening to music. and any introvert will hear me. It gets noisy. Okay. So we like to protect our energy. We like to, you know, but people would still come up to me and talk to me. And I would be like, can't you see I'm listening to music? I'm not open for a story, but being so empathic and whatnot, I would listen to them and people from all walks of life. And it would always happen then. So Then growing up, I also noticed that I would give this advice and almost like coaching my friends on their love life. I grew up as a very ugly duckling, no love life whatsoever. So I saw all my friends who looked really great and whatnot. And I would advise them, how would I know? I didn't even have any like experience in that. It was just something I knew, and they would always be so happy with the advice. And I just thought, yeah, maybe I'm just a (laughs) know-it-all. Maybe that's what I am. I don't know. But then later in life, yeah, I experienced a few weird things, I would say. Some are really personal that I can't share right now. Bummer. I know. I'm sorry. But um, there was this instant, and this was really later in life. So all my life, I was psychic. I just didn't know. And then later in life, my uh, unfortunately, my one of my favorite uncles passed away, and it was a whole ordeal. Like we traveled to meet him, we were too late. He already died. I had to fly back home to Europe. It was all. It was terrible. And while I was sitting home alone in my parents' house, he used to have this gas station. And it's a very distinctive smell that you don't have in Europe. And all of a sudden, I smelled it. And I was like, am I smelling this correct? Is this like, hmm? And then I believe it was around eight o'clock that my uncle passed away. The clock in my parents' house started, how do you call it? Not ringing, but like banging. Yeah. They have like this old really old clock. <laughs> and it wouldn't stop. So it it really kind of freaked me out. And I was like, I even called my parents, like the clock is not stopping. Like, what the hell? They said, oh, well, then just move it around and it'll stop. But then those two things combined, I, I remember very vividly just looking up and saying, listen, uncle, if this is you, thanks for the visit. but you're kind of freaking me out here. That was like, one of the first things that I noticed, like, okay, that was a bit weird. And then later, I noticed when I would talk to people that sometimes I would get these messages or just know things. And then I would say, it and they were like, how do you know? <laughs> like, how would you know? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you probably mentioned it or, you know. And when I really embraced it, where it really stared me in the face, and I really just couldn't like deny it anymore, was when I talked to, this is when I had my other business, I'm sure we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was talking to this person whose father was deceased. And we were talking about something completely different. And all of a sudden, I literally hear a voice saying, like, can you please put your hand on his knee? Listen, I'm married. Okay. So it's nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> just get that out of my way. And just comfort him and say, it's okay. So I was guided to do that. It was the weirdest thing. Like he was the husband of one of my clients. That was like the craziest thing, but we, you know, we 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 were cool with each other. And I said, Can I just put my hand on your knee and do this? Because please don't be weirded out. But it seemed like this is from your father. And as I was doing that, I was getting this channeling, basically what his father wanted to say. And I said a few things and he really looked at me like, what, how do you know? And then he mentioned a few things, but um, I got the answers and they were channeled through me. And I told him that and he was like, wow, I was literally thinking about a certain thing. There was something about a notebook from a colleague and he wasn't sure like if he was supposed to follow up on that or not. I didn't know. He didn't mention it to me, but it was mentioned to me through by his father. So I mentioned that and he said, wow, that was literally what I was thinking about. If I should do that or not. And That one, like as we finished our meeting and, and I was walking him back to the train station, out of nowhere, I hear, thank you. And I was literally looking up like, where the hell did that came from? <laughs> so I couldn't deny it anymore. Like, okay, this is beyond me. Apparently, I have these abilities. And then hindsight is twenty twenty. Now looking back, I understand like, okay, so as a young kid, apparently, you know, this energy that I was vibrating, had people come up to me and By the way, you don't have to be psychic for this. Empaths and highly sensitive will probably agree with me that they usually get, it's the wrong word to say, chat it up. (laughs) That's something else. (laughs) But, but, you know, people come up to them and start talking to them. They feel very comfortable talking to them. If you're an empath, this is the energy you're radiating and people pick up on that and they feel safe with you. So others would say you have an old soul or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is absolutely that. And then psychic, being psychic can come in so many different forms. And for me, it's through clairvoyance. So it's a, a, a higher knowing. And it's through channeling. Once I work with my clients, I literally start seeing, uh, oh, claircognizant. I'm sorry. Um, I'm claircognizant. So that's inner knowing. And then clairvoyance is seeing, mm. literally mm. seeing things. I don't thank God. I don't see things like I don't see dead people. (laughs) I hear them sometimes, but I don't see them. (laughs) But I don't see ghosts, anything such as that. But when I channel with my clients, I tend to see like metaphors usually, and I see um, steps that they are supposed to take. So that's my, those are my abilities. So people can find out like there are so many tests you can take um, but if you're an intuitive or anything such as that, look up what kind of psychic abilities we have. The thing is, we are all born psychic. I know this sounds super woo, but as a child, you know, we are so connected. You know, this is why you hear like I had my niece say when she was sick, like, oh, there's this person in a bedroom. My sister freaked the fuck out. Like she was <laughs> like, what? Tell them to leave that right (laughs) said okay you have to go (laughs) so she was sick so he went away this is very common for children because they're so receptive so open
0: say so children are really receptive but what happens when you get to adult where does that go what do we yeah what happens that where does that
1: go well that's 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 the thing we are inundated with impressions and beliefs and conditioning from your parents, from school, from work, from society, from media, uh, how to think, how to behave. We are group people, like we are herd people, right? So we like to belong to a group. So if the group dictates like trends or how to think, or if you belong to a religious um, stream, like then the the religious side, with church or, or mosques or like synagogues, will tell you like this is the way to go, this is the way to live. So you are being told what to believe and how to think. This is this happens regardless, okay? okay? Unless you live somewhere very secluded on the top of a mountain <laughs> with no Wi-Fi and no access to the outside world, that's what <laughs> you know. But as babies you know, from zero to seven in our formative years, well, I wouldn't say your parents impose their beliefs on you, but that's what they know. So that's what you will be programmed with. If you're not growing up in an environment where this is cultivated or even encouraged, you're encouraged to say logic and reason and being analytical. And yeah, that's encouraged. Like you need to learn math and you need to learn to read and write, but they want to like be creative uh, you know like expand your intuitive talents no it's there's a reason why harry potter was so big among both children and adults because it speaks to the imaginative mm-hmm. like what if what if we would have these powers like people would literally lose themselves in those Harry Potter books for a few hours be like wow well as children we daydream and we you know we get completely lost in our intuitiveness and in our own little world and then the adults say well snap out of it you know you need to do your homework and later on you need to get a job you need to make money so it's not encouraged at all in this world
0: and when you were growing up, which stream were you sort of pushed down, I suppose? Was it the logical, do your maths homework, or was it the be creative and use your intuition? What side were you? I wish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish. So I grew up in an immigrant family. My father came to Europe uh, in the 60s. And um, seven siblings, very busy, no privacy, Not none whatsoever, Uh, He was a sole provider, blue collar worker. So it was all about, I wouldn't even say survival, but thriving was not like in the dictionary. It was just, you do your work. (laughs) I came to Europe, so children need to be educated. What do you mean creative? Are you crazy? You need to make money, okay? You need to make a living. (laughs) There is nothing like, no, there was no room whatsoever. I was a very highly sensitive, emotional child. There was no room for that. None whatsoever so that was squashed really early on. not because they did that intentionally, well maybe sometimes, but that's what they knew. like you have to make a living, okay? We're not here to daydream. get a job. I got a job at 14, which is fine, you know a weekend job and then I have to study. When I grew up being so highly sensitive and everything, it was it was actually hindering me because I was not taking seriously. I was always seen as the sensitive one with nothing, well, nothing to say really. Oh, she cries so easily. And even more, I was born prematurely and I was in and out of the hospital until I was 13. And that's how I was perceived. She's the sick one. She's the sensitive one. She doesn't have an opinion or something to say, but I did. Like our family is super opinionated. We talk about big topics over dinner. Uh, So you can imagine in these times, pandemic and everything, you can imagine the conversations. Oh, my God. But that's what we always did. But I wasn't invited at that table, so to speak. Right. I was invited to shut up because you're the sick one. You're the weak one. And were you the youngest of them? No, no, I was the fifth child. So there are two younger ones coming after me. Mm -hmm. But. They yeah, I listen, I grew up in ugly ducklin. I uh didn't blossom until I was 16 years old. When um I was 14, my sister took me to the hairstylist for the first time. I had I have the 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 4c coarse hair. And along with my father, I'm the only one in the family that has this type of hair that is so like the rest have curls and whatnot, but it's still manageable, not my hair. So grew up in a small town. We didn't have any black hairstylists or people that knew how to deal with this hair. So this is what I grew up with. And my sister took me to a hairstylist in the big city when I was 14. I got braces when I was 14. I started to develop. Uh, I didn't have to wear hand-me-downs for my sisters, like big family, like, you know, I have uh, five sisters. That's not true. Yeah, that is true. Five, six eight. No, I have four sisters, <laughs> four <laughs> sister, including myself. Right. That's five. Okay. So I used to have to wear like their clothes. So it's, I it just wasn't, yeah, then my teeth, I had a big overbite. So that's why I had the braces. And then after getting that weekend job and finally being able to pay for my own clothes, that's when I started to get noticed and have a voice somewhat if you will okay now you can speak but not before that
0: so what was it I didn't done about the you know you said you start to flourish you blossomed I think is your word what was it about that you're having a job starting to develop that really then led you to have a voice do you know have you ever mm. sort of thought about that Oh, I thought about it a lot. I
1: even created my business around it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just to really help, you know, people that feel that they don't have a voice or just feel so lost and stuck. Like, who am I really? I know that feeling all too well. Just a quick story. So when I turned 16, because um, that was a pivotal moment for me. So up until 14 to 16, ugly, whatnot, labeled the weak one. Then I asked for my birthday a black Levi's 501, which at that time, born in 1980, so you do the math. What my age is? That was it. Like that was that was the shit. Like if you had that black Levi's, you were rocking it, right? I wanted that. I didn't have a lot of money. My weekend job didn't pay that much, so I was gifted that for my birthday. I'm born in December, 22nd of December. Back then. Listen, those were cold winters. Okay. Global warming was not as, you know, (laughs) as a hot topic as it is now. Those are cold winters. So I got that Levi's. I also got a black turtleneck. I wore my ugly ass winter coat that was a leftover from one of my sisters. It was like real ugly, but I had my Levi's and my turtleneck. And, you know, I was pretty skinny. I never felt better. So, I felt like I'm going to treat myself because it's my birthday. Very cold, left my winter coat wide open. I was like, no, no, no. People need to see my Levi's. Hello. Right. (laughs) I felt so good. That was the first time I actually got noticed. I never got noticed before. That was the first time. And from there, it taught me to let me. Let me put this in a logical order. So that happened. I went, got myself a treat. I was always used to, you know, people would cut in front of me in the supermarkets. Like, that's how I grew up. So I went for my cake. And as soon as I stepped in, the lady said, can I help you? And I looked behind me. (laughs) Like, who are you talking to? Oh, you're talking to me? Oh, okay. You noticed me? Like, that's where I was. So I got used to not being noticed and then go to notice. So it created a lot of distrust and a lot of, for me, it was like, okay, so my outside change, my hair is relaxed. Now it's styled. It looks better. My teeth are straight again. I have clothes that are okay. Like I blossomed. All right. I can't complain, but I still know what that feeling is of not being that being labeled the ugly one, never being chosen, always overlooked. So that took a few years to accept like, but wait a minute, if you're getting noticed, you can use it for good. So I started looking at my presence, like how can you have a presence so you can use it for your own benefit and not in a malicious way, but just in the way that people do. Like, I had to learn that. Like, it's okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay to be vocal. It's okay to have an opinion. But I had to learn that. I never knew. I was always such a people pleaser, just wanted to be accepted because I was never accepted.
0: So and I was, how did you learn that? Because they, for some people, they might just say, well, this is who I am. You know, I am a yeah. people pleaser. I'm the person who doesn't get noticed. How did you learn that, that was, that was not for you. Uh, and you, you were going to be noticed and you did yeah. have a voice and opinion. What, well, what did it was you do? always there. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I didn't know how to use it. So I wasn't familiar with it. And what I did is when I grew up, I always wanted to be a hairstylist because of my untamable hair. And then my father at 16 said, yeah, we're not doing that. I didn't, I didn't come to Europe for you to just, it literally said that for for you to play in people's hair. You need to study. You need to educate yourself. Like you need to get a real good job. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a workaround and follow business school and then go back to hairstyling. Because what I felt when I was 14 and going to the hairstylist for the first time, how beautiful I felt, how good I felt. I was like, everyone needs to feel that. I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt when I grew up. But then my father said, eh, we're not doing that. <laughs> so I was completely uprooted. So I wish I could tell you, Vanessa, like, oh, yeah, I just grew into it. No, no, no. It took me from 16 till being 30 to finally feel rooted again and really know not only who I am, but what I stand for. So I started using my natural interest in hair and beauty, Not because of the vanity or the superficial thing, but what it can make you feel. Right. So, at a certain point, I wasn't interested in being a hairstylist anymore because it was so tainted for me. My sister got married. I did her hairstyling, her makeup, and everything. I felt like, you know, I should be a professional about if I do that, that sort of thing, perfection as much. You know, that's what we grew (laughs) up with. It was never good enough at our house. Like, you always needed to be better. And that wasn't it either. I was like, no, no, no. I need to go more into death. Just hair and makeup is not it. While finishing business school, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I was offered this job at a bank. I worked at a bank. Then it was like, yeah, so now what? I, I, I wasn't getting the promotion that I wanted. I didn't speak up for myself because I didn't know how at that point. Landed another job in corporate because someone said, you know, like, oh, Yo, you're good at this and this. I said, oh, well, okay. Then I'll just apply for that kind of job. Like, that's how unrooted I was. Landed another corporate job after that. And then there's a story before that, but we'll get to that. I was in this corporate job. I got this new sales letter that I was subscribed to, and they were mentioning how they were going to train the salespeople in sales, but also in how they would style themselves so they would know how to present themselves to customers. And that was like I was being hit with a sledgehammer, and I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. This is what I'm going to do. Because for me, it combined like my natural interest for hair and beauty and presence and for more um, substance, if you will. Like, okay, I was in sales, but you know, more the corporate side of me. It taught me more. I became an image consultant. It taught me about the psychology of colors, of persuasion, how you can pre- present yourself. And I felt like home. I felt like, wow, this is it. So I was taught through my natural interest and got there by becoming an image consultant. But It wasn't like I was confident overnight. From there, it still took years. And I would say, okay, I'm 41 now. I said it. (laughs) But I wouldn't say that until 35. Yeah, from 36, maybe. Until now is when I really started to become confident. So it took me from 16 till now to really own up to that voice. So it was a journey
0: and a whole process. But I think that's reassuring to hear because my, only my impression, I'm 48, so I am way beyond (laughs) that. Um, Still looking very young, by the way. (laughs) Is that there's a sort of generation coming through who feel that if they haven't achieved by 35 or they don't know who they are, or they're not the, the top rung of the ladder, that they somehow failed. And, but the reality is, and certainly is true with myself, it's certainly true, true of most of the women I've interviewed, is actually that journey doesn't take, it isn't overnight, it takes time. My God, it takes and time. And so it's reassuring to hear that, you know, from the age of 16 to 30 and then even to present day, you know, you're still evolving and still figuring it out. And I think that's such a significant and poignant message for people to hear is that... Yeah sometimes the journey is the learning, you know, it's important to go through that to be who you are today. It's just frustrating when you're in it, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very
1: frustrating.
0: But I would like
1: to say that you also have to be open to and receptive to want to be confident. So if you're still in a certain circle where you're told what to believe or like you're not really being encouraged to develop yourself, develop more confidence, owning your voice, I'm not sure it's going to happen then. So I would say that having the right support system, like I married the most wonderful man, like totally manifested him, wouldn't have thought that I would marry that type of a guy. Like for reference, he's like my European George Clooney slash Robert Radford, like, hey, ugly girl coming in, marrying him. Like that was (laughs) that was a big thing. okay. but he was very helpful in my confidence because he saw me, the true me, who I was before I even saw it myself. So it does help to have a support system. Someone who believes in you gives you the space and the grace to develop and become the confident person. So you can go at it alone, but if you don't have any reference because you grew up not confident, sure, you know, you can look at mentors. Like for me, those are like Sarah Blakely, Oprah, you know, the big names, even a personality like Lady Gaga is a good reminder. But how do you get to that point where you can own own your voice? Like how it's in the day-to-day. Are you supported in your day-to-day? Do you have a safe environment where it's safe for you to speak out? I didn't have that growing up. I will be cut down and shut down immediately once I would open my mouth. It was like, yeah, we don't want to hear from you. Shut up. So it led to later in life, not negotiating better salaries, not negotiating better pay. It led to a relationship I had and being completely, I mean, in hindsight, I can see like, wow, my ex-parents-in-law, they were horrible to me but I was raised to be a good girl and to be polite, especially to older people. So I would never say something. And I, I will feel so much rage, but couldn't express myself. So if you have that safe environment where it's created for you, or you can create it yourself by being very mindful of who your friends are, who your inner circle is, then you can start to develop it. Then you will be Led gently to discovering your own voice because that's a whole whole process in itself. It's the awareness, like, oh gosh, I'm a people pleaser. You usually notice that when you're just feeling unhappy, generally resentful, or maybe even like very low, depressed. Like you feel like, what's the point? What's the point? I don't matter. My voice doesn't matter. So you really want to create that environment where you can be gently mentored or where you have that safe space to be yourself. So that's awareness first. And then comes the process of, but what is my voice then? Who, what do I stand for? Like real short, when the George, George Floyd murder happened, something inside me happened that never happened before. Like my throat chakra opened up completely. And all of those pit- big topics that we used to talk about at home that I wasn't heard and I wasn't allowed to speak my my voice, well, it came out all right. <laughs> I was unapologetic in how I spoke on my social media, and mind you, I used to never even want to show my face on social media—not even a picture of myself. In fact, my first website when I started my business as an image consultant, I had a fight with my web designer over how my homepage should look like. He's, he said, in the line of work that you do, and the way you present yourself, you need to be front and center. And he he had like this big ass picture of me <laughs> on the homepage. And I fought him. I said, are you? No, no, it's all about the, the, the substance. It's all about my work, not about me. Well, I came a long way because since that happened, I was speaking up about Racism, institutional racism, how I felt. I literally cried to my mom. I'm not used to showing emotions to my parents because we weren't allowed that. I was crying to my mom about what that did to me, seeing that footage. Like, I don't recommend looking at that footage Mm -hmm. of George Floyd. Like, wow, it shook me to my core. I've seen horrible things before, but something about that opened my throat so loud that this is what I meant when we when we started this conversation with being in full integrity and authenticity with yourself, I was in full integrity and full authenticity, speaking up about that. And that, on top of being nurtured by, you know, my surroundings and that it was safe to speak up, led to recognizing, this is my voice. This is what I stand for. And you know what? From now on, I'm not taking shit from anyone. So it's also asking you to be strong enough to deal with the backlash because I got backlash. I lost two of my best friends because of it. Not because they didn't agree with what I was saying, but they didn't agree with my tone because I was mad as hell. And I did not hold back. So are you willing to change your Possible friends that don't recognize you anymore, old clients that didn't recognize me anymore. I used to give discounts all the time because I didn't appreciate my own worth. I was giving them top notch service and really charging very little. And once I raised my prices, it was like, "Um, why did you do that? Can't you do it for, for less? And I was like, no, you know what? No, not anymore. But like I said, I'm 41 today. But it took me the last couple of years to fully stand in my truth. So anyone struggling with this, I would say if you're not feeling that level of confidence yet, it can come and it will come if you are willing to take what will come on the journey because shit ain't
0: easy. (laughs) Yeah, I I suppose if if you're saying it it will come is first of all, knowing your current state so well and really knowing yourself. And then totally. something you said is about, you said about manifestation. Is Ooh. that something that you practice on a regular basis? Because I know a lot of people, they manifest their confidence or their future or whatever it is. Is that something that you do?
1: Yes. I'm so big on manifesting. Funny fact is we all manifest all the time. It's just that, are you aware of that you're manifesting. So when your life is looking like shit, (laughs) are you aware that that is something that is manifesting, manifested through your thoughts and your beliefs and your behaviors and your habits? This is also where confidence can come from. I didn't know. I thought life happened to me. Like I thought I come from this big immigrant family, the weak little girl. This is what is meant for me. There's nothing more for me. And it wasn't until I actually... Uh, stumbled across law of attraction wasn't even stumbling upon I believe very much in divine intervention like it had to be it was meant to be that I learned about that it rocked my world it rocked my world I was like are you saying I can take control of my own life what (laughs) like (laughs) I didn't even know that you can actually manifest intentionally really that's so interesting so When you see people living the good life and a happy life, like I, even my sister, like she has a perfect marriage in my eyes. She has like the house, the money, she has everything. She is not consciously manifesting, but her belief system and her thoughts and get this, we grew up in the same house. Okay. So we grew up with the same programming, but she was able to turn that around and expect more for herself. But I stayed stuck. And before I expected more for myself, it took until a few recent years ago. I manifested my husband and my baby. It's quite a miracle baby, unconsciously. I never would have thought I would marry the guy that I married today. Like, I don't show him on social media. Don't don't even try to Google him. You will not find it because he is notoriously private. But take my word for it. Like, he's really good. He's really (laughs) bad. (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't manifest I didn't I I didn't consciously manifest like I want to marry my own George Clooney. It didn't go that way. I just had this desire. And when you have a desire for I want a healthy, beautiful relationship with a man that is x, y, and z. And I never made a list, nothing of the sort. It was just a desire that I had. Did I believe that it would happen? No. Did I expect it? On some level, I did. I just never believed it would happen. But when you're open and receptive to it, things can happen almost magically. So I manifested that when it comes to my baby, a miracle baby, that was something I kind of consciously manifested, even though it was subconscious. That's because I expected expected it. I just knew it would happen. It has nothing to do with my psychic abilities, because for some reason, they don't always work on yourself. They only work on others, (laughs) at least in my experience. But I just knew it will come. I knew it. I expected it. And it did come. It came sooner than I thought, because she was born prematurely as well, by the way. But I expected it. So manifesting these days, what I like to do is be very intentional. And be mindful because because I'm so big on manifesting these days right now. I even teach it now. Um, I have to be mindful because I manifest very quickly negative things as well. So if I think of something which is not, not like something I want, it still happens. It, it's too big of a topic to get mm-hmm. into this uh, for this episode. But be mindful of your thoughts and they create emotions, and that will create habits and actions, like how are you living your life? So if you say, I want to be more confident, I want to manifest that wonderful relationship, I want to manifest that dream career or business or whatever it is, well, then look at the state of your life right now. And are you aware where you are today? Are you aware that if you want to have that great career, are you surrounded by people that encourage that? They don't even necessarily have to have that career, but do you have like encouragement around that? Or are you with people that are on a whole different level? Be honest with yourself. What does your environment look? Now, this is not advocating to change your whole support system, whatever, but this is advocating for awareness. Please be aware of your desires. And then look at your life right now. Where are you right now? Is that what you want? If not, how can you change it? How can you change it? So don't throw away everything and start anew. Don't be like me. Like I did that, by the way. Don't do that. I did that when I had my burnout at 28. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole different story. But um, look at where you can incrementally change. So if you really want to be, let's say, let's say you're a hairstylist. Let's just take myself as an example. I wanted to be a hairstylist, but because I was trained to be in corporate and sales, I would feel almost obliged to read those types of magazines. How about just following your desire? How about looking more into like, okay, magazines these days aren't like that hot of a topic, but What are you following social media? Are you following things because you think you have to? Or are you following things because you desire it? So start changing that. Start filling your cup with what really lights you up. And in doing that, it's about raising your vibration, going to that frequency of what it is that you want to attract, the career, the job, the whatever. Start surrounding yourself with that right? Make vision boards. Um, you know, there's so much what you can do, mm-hmm. but you can raise your confidence by yourself by listening to yourself. Are you in tune? Are you in alignment?
0: Because that's what really what it's about. Yeah. And that awareness and getting in tune, really understanding yourself, I think it requires a lot of effort. It really does. You know, actually it's a lot of work oh, you've got to put in. And I think a lot of people get put off by that or they get put off by Actually, I'm not really sure if I like myself enough and therefore I'm not going to carry on with the awareness. Do you come across that with your clients that they don't necessarily appreciate the effort they're going to have to put in? Well, I work mostly with solopreneurs, so
1: entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs, they are on that journey anyways, because when you become an entrepreneur, that's the first thing you have to tackle is yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if you want to put your business out there, that means you have to put yourself out there. Even if you have a physical product, product you're selling candles or anything else, people still need to find you. So you automatically are confronted with your limited beliefs, like, but I don't want to be in social media, but I don't want to okay. So can you find a a workaround? Like can you do something else? So I don't come across that easily in my current line of work and my business, but I did have that when I used to work in corporate Mm -hmm. because Yeah, you know, you get sold on the idea like you may have to make a career and have a career and people will go to nine to fives and then complain, oh, you know, during lunch break or coffee break, like, oh, this sucks and that boss sucks and this work sucks and everything sucks. And well, if, if that's what you're surrounded with, how can you turn that around? Like, even if you're in your nine to five, like, I don't say quit it don't quit it before you have your safety net and everything, but be mindful. Are you happy? Are you happy right now? If you think one of the best ways to do that is just looking at, does it give you energy or does it drain your energy? And you can do that with anything, even down to the food that you eat. If you monitor that, I am definitely a tea drinker, and not a coffee drinker. I know I do not. I should not be drinking coffee in the morning. I can't, my stomach can't handle it. Also not in the evening because I can't sleep then. But, you know, when you're busy working and everything and people say, oh, coffee really helps me. That's what I thought. Like, I need to drink coffee. Well, my body was telling me don't. So be mindful of what your body is telling you. Be mindful of your mood. Like, can you monitor your emotions? Even if you just do it for three days. It doesn't always take so much work. It's a process. It's a journey, but it can look different for everyone. So I'm not saying like, oh my God, you're going to go through hell. It might not be easy, but it doesn't have to be that way. So if you can monitor for three days, your emotions and notice, oh, I feel high vibe when I watch a certain show. Oh, I feel low vibe when I follow a certain page on social media or anything such as that. So do that. Start monitoring. That's how you find your integrity and your authenticity and your confidence. And you get basically rerouted back to who am I? What do I stand for? So it does ask for a little bit of work, but give yourself, it helps if you give yourself some sort of goal, like for what purpose are you doing that? Maybe it's just being able to stand up for yourself. If only I did that with my ex and his parents back then. Like looking back, I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe. I cannot believe how I allowed myself to be treated. So my daughter, trust me, I will give her all the confidence in the world. So she will not be treated like that. But I allowed it. Which also meant I allowed it in my work. I allowed my coworkers to make more. And racism aside, I could have negotiated a better salary, but I didn't because I just accepted what was offered to me.
0: So, for what purpose are you doing it? Yeah, going. Go sorry, on. I was going to say the bit about standing up for yourself is just a whole topic. It's a whole episode, I oh think, of God. learning how to be able to stand up for yourself in the workplace because. You know there can be, unfortunately, brutal environments, and it's not easy. When you chuck in, you said, you know, racism, sexism, misogyny, you know, um, homophobic attitudes. You know, oh it's God, just everything. so tricky to stand up for yourself. And maybe that's an episode that you come back for when we talk about. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me do...
1: over again. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's how do easy. we deal
0: with those big topics? You know, easy. those are those are big topics, and it's normally. Like you said, it's on reflection, and I was just reflecting on something that happened to me many years ago. It's all—it's only on reflection. And actually, wouldn't it be Mm. great if we were taught how you're going to teach your daughter and I'll teach my daughter how to do it before we end up in those situations? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But they will
1: also encounter situations that you know. Life is not peachy all the time, but you can manage your response to it. So. If you have that foundation of confidence, like I didn't get the confidence growing up, so I'm more alert and aware to it. <laughs> that I certainly don't do that with my daughter, that I don't want to continue a generational pattern. I am breaking that pattern for sure. But it, it's not well, like you said, it's reflection. It's just being and and are you open to that? Because I know a lot of people, even in my family. You cannot talk about that because it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it asks you to look at the truth of what your life is. Are you happy? Are you content? You know, like it's opening a can of worms. Okay. Even the (laughs) box of Pandora, because it might be like, damn, no, I'm not happy in my job. Oh my God. I'm not even happy in my relationship. Oh my God. What does that mean? So this is why having a purpose helps. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to reflect? No, reflection is good. Why would you want to change? Ask yourself, what is missing? Because it's that nagging feeling. It's that, that mm, something is off. If then you can become aware and start monitoring, like, oh, my group of friends don't bring me that much energy. Actually, they drain it. Oh God, I watch the news all the time. Don't watch the news these days, please don't. <laughs> uh, inform yourself, but seriously, stay away from the news. <laughs> and I'm saying that this is basically speaking to the choir because preaching to the choir because I watch way too many news. so I have consciously reduced that because I'm so sensitive, like everything just ugh, I cannot. But because I'm so politically, engaged in a sense that I have just such a big opinion and I'm like a Twitter warrior, by the way, you will not find me on Twitter because I'm under an alias. See, (laughs) this is also helping your confidence. You want to speak out, by the way, don't be a troll. I'm not a troll, but I do use an alias. And in under that alias, under that persona, I listen, I just drop my shit. Okay. I do not agree with this or I have an opinion about this It helps. It helps because if you get a clawback or backlash for that matter, it's safer because it's like, okay, I don't know that person. That's somebody on Twitter. I'm somebody on Twitter. So it helps you get familiar with those emotions and deal with being embarrassed or being put down or being like, it can help you in your day-to-day life. This is actually what Beyonce does. She is you know, Beyonce is Sasha Fierce, right? Mm -hmm. She has her persona. If you, I've been, I've been doing a little bit of research, right? I believe that Beyonce is an introvert at heart. If you look at like interviews and everything, as long as she talk about her work, you won't see a more confident woman. As soon as she talks about her personal life, obviously she wants things to become private, but It looks like she's very uncomfortable, not just because she doesn't want to share, but she comes across as a very introvert person. She uses her Sasha Fierce persona to be the beast on stage when she performs. Like, ain't nobody can perform like Beyonce, right? How about you using a persona when you are threading new territories, when you are just dipping your toe in the water, finding out, like, oh, I tried this. No, it doesn't work what persona can you use? This is just to be clear, I'm not saying be a troll. I don't (laughs) want it to go a whole different, like the whole wrong way. I'm just saying, if you're not comfortable on social media, put a persona in, like, who do you wish to be? And then you don't have to follow your friends or have them follow you. You don't even have to mention it, but you can practice your confidence mm-hmm. muscle in a very safe way long live the internet it also helps you become a little more at ease with social media and then before you know it your face will be plastered all over your website like mine used to be and you don't mind showing yourself off on camera in a fun way like i like like i have a crazy sense of humor i make crazy reels sometimes Five years ago, you would have not seen that, but it's getting comfortable with new sides. And if you need a persona to do that in the right way, I do hope my words will not be construed in the wrong way, but that's just what I mean. Protect yourself by first practicing as a persona. This is why many, did you know many actors are actually super introverted and very secluded? But when you see them on stage or in a movie, you'll be like, whoa, it's completely different from what they are in real life. It's because they feel free to express themselves in certain roles because it's not them. They are portraying a character. That's what I mean. with Can you use a persona? Can you step into your own Sasha fears? Like, what does that look like? What does she say? How would she react? How would she? And just get a feel into it. Yeah.
0: I'm going to put on my stuff in. I think so hard to hide that. <laughs> Ooh, you have a cloak? <laughs> <laughs> a, a metaphor. Um, no, I oh, you know, it's just that like, sort of what would Beyonce do? What would Sasha Fierce do is a really good way to perhaps step into that space to say, okay, Vanessa Murphy might not do that, but what would somebody else do that I admire or think definitely. has got it? I think it's a really good tip to for anybody who's listening to say, well, okay, it might not be me at this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. but actually what would i don't know beyonce do let's use her as an example and let's step into that and see how it feels that future version of you yeah yeah it's very interesting we could talk for so long in fact we have oh my (laughs) god yes i know i'm such a chatterbox (laughs) um, we should say that next time you're going to be interviewing me i think aren't you isn't that the plan
1: Well, maybe you should tell your listeners how we
0: came about that. If we want to talk about confidence a little bit. You put me into it. (laughs) I trapped you into it. (laughs) No, um, you you did actually say it'd be a really good idea because I'm not particularly confident, I suppose, in talking about myself. I love listening to other people and finding out about other people, but you know, I, I guess I just don't think myself as in, as interesting, and and you brought that out of me. So you're gonna yeah. you're gonna find out about
1: me. <laughs> oh, I am for sure interviewing you, but it's also so beautiful for your listeners to see. Like even the host of a podcast, like it's a big thing. Okay, you are hosting a podcast. How mm. many people do that? How many people dream about it but actually do it? Mm. You're doing it, broadcasting all over the world. Not yeah. niche, not clubhouse niche like only people that you invite or people that are invited to you will follow. No, it's like, so that's a big thing. So kudos to you and why not learn more about who you are? Like, it's good, I think for people to know where you are in your process. Like I mentioned, I'm still not there. There are certain topics you won't hear me talk about on my social media because I'm too private about. Well, you have a podcast, but you're not comfortable speaking about yourself because you think you're not interesting well i'm interesting to find out why did you start the podcast Mm. and why is it women in confidence and why you know like let's empower each other and bring that out in one another
0: well all will be revealed i guess when you interview
1: me (laughs) i'll sign an nda i'll sign an nda about some things if you don't want to talk about them (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, we. um I should just say, Latifa, thank you so much for coming on on the show and and actually having your also your voice broadcast all over the world. I had my first download in Russia this week, which was wow! Quite
1: congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we we are slowly getting our voices out there. So international, so baby. <laughs> oh, give it time, <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for coming on and and sharing some of your wisdom and sharing some of your journey as well. Because I think it's really important that the guests who do come on talk authentically about their lives and and how it has been a journey and it's taken time and that you're still a work in progress. So thank you very much for for your honesty and for sharing all your hints and tips and for coming on. And we'll see you very, very soon. Yay. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and can't wait to interview you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Women in Confidence and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please like it, share it, comment on it, and if you want to sponsor it. If you'd like to take part in my podcast or know somebody who would make a perfect guest, then please email me on contact at vanessa-murphy.com. That's contact at vanessa-murphy.com. Until next time.